Here's another issue with trinket gods, idol worship. Listen, this is a great teaching point for you. It'll help you understand a lot of what's going on in and around us in our world today. The issue with trinket gods and idol worship is they are all backed up by real and genuine demonic forces. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless us all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. I've been in a series for the last couple of weeks uh, dealing with the issue of the spirit of Elijah. And we're going to be looking at some of the particulars as we get down to the nitty-gritty here in this particular episode of this teaching. We've titled this The Spirit of Elijah, and I really believe this is very, very important for those who would claim to be Jesus chasers in this modern day and age. We're going to take a look at some of the uh, details, just very minor details about Baal worship. It's uncanny to me how much they, the actions of Baal worship resemble a lot of what's going on in our world, in your world, even today. Our text passage is 1 Kings chapter 17, but I'm going to read another passage in your hearing. It kind of sets the tone for what's going on, and then we're going to jump right on into it. Go with me, if you would, please, to Jeremiah, not 1 Kings, but Jeremiah chapter 19 and verse number 5. The record puts it this way. They have built the high places of Baal. Look at this to burn their sons in the fire as offerings to Baal. You understand what's going on? To burn their sons in the fire as offerings to Baal, something I did not command or mention, nor did it enter my mind. You understand what God's saying? This never entered my mind. You've got to know there's a lot that's happening in our world today, your world and mine, it never entered the mind of God in terms of His desire for us to engage those things. Now, I'm going to stop right there with the intro. We're going to jump right on into this and, and uh, catch it about uh, halfway through the message. Let me pray for you, and we'll get right on into that. Father, I thank you so much for each one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray and ask in the matchless name of Jesus that by your power you would speak to the hearts of each one listening. Challenge us. By your word, I pray in Christ's name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to uh, follow along. If you would, please, as we call out the, the verses, they will appear on the screens. But look in your word and come to know and understand what the word of God has to say about these very critical issues. Hang on, I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. Numbers chapter 25. Pastor, that's in the Old Testament. I know that. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers. It's in there. It's over there in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 25, verse 3. 
So, Israel joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor. Baal was worshipped. Same style of worship might be a modification here and there, but it was worshipped in a lot of different areas. And often it's designated in the scripture by the area, the particular area that they're talking about. So that's, don't get confused by the Peor thing. It's Baal worship. Look at this. And the Lord's anger burned against them. Let me see your eyeballs. God can get angry. It's a righteous anger. God's anger is for our good. Now, usually when we get angry, somebody ends up toting one. But God's anger is for our good. It is. But we're told here that the Israelites, God's chosen people that he blessed up one side and down the other, they joined in worshiping the Baal. They weren't worshiping the Baal. They were worshiping God Almighty, but they joined in worshiping the Baal, and the Lord's anger burned against them. Verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, his spokesperson at this particular time, take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. You understand how God's anger could be turned away? Wow. Look at verse 5. So Moses said to Israel's judges, Each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor. I'd be the first to admit to you this morning, that is a stiff fine. These people have turned from the true and living God and began to worship Baal, and it made God angry, angry enough for God to say, you, we're going to kill you guys. We're going to have the, the, the judges of Israel to kill all of you. Number five on your study notes. Originally, Baal worship included such atrocities as offering up child sacrifices. This is the most hideous thing that I can imagine. And I'm not just talking about Pastor T. I'm talking about Terry E. Not in case you're wondering, that E stands for educated. This most hideous thing that I have ever heard, offering up a child as a sacrifice. But Baal worship included such. We literally have the record of some Israelite kings God's kings engaging and promoting such among the people. I'm going to Jeremiah. I want you to see this, chapter 19 and verse 5. And, and listen to me, church, when people read through Isaiah, they're like, wow, God's being awful rough on those people. You read through Jeremiah, like, wow, man, God, God's being kind of rough on these people. Watch this. God never hits first and then explains later. He always puts forth his truth. And he says, if you'll walk this way, I will bless you. But if you turn from this way and you start to do something else, you're going to tote one. It's not going to turn out too good for you. 
So here in Jeremiah chapter 19, the people have turned from God. And here's what we read, verse 5. They have built the high places of Baal. Church, when it says high places, it's just talking about them building up a mound of dirt, raising this up. So in their minds, they're elevating this, uh, this particular God or entity, whatever it is. They're elevating that, saying that this is higher and, and worthy. Uh, we're lower than that, and it's worthy to be worshipped. They have built the high places of Baal, look at this, to burn their sons in the fire as offerings to Baal. Can you imagine taking one of your precious little infant children and offering him up to a fire as a sacrifice? That's what they were doing. Now, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, if I would preach this sermon to a congregation of people, they would be like, I can't imagine anything like that. How hideous. But now millions and millions and millions of little babies destroyed in their mother's womb later were kind of callous to it. They offered their sons in the fire as offerings to Baal. Listen to God Almighty. Something I did not command or mention, God says, nor did it enter my mind. That never entered God's mind. Thank the Lord that never entered God's mind. Now, I'm talking a little bit about Baal, trying to help you understand Baal worship. Here's another issue with trinket gods, idol worship. Listen to this, this is a great teaching point for you. It'll help you understand a lot of what's going on in and around us in our world today. The issue with trinket gods and idol worship is they are all backed up by real and genuine demonic forces. Let that sink in. The worship of any idol, I don't care what it is. By the way, some things become idols that we don't necessarily think of as an idol. If something gets between you and God, you got yourself an idol. Hmm? That's, that's really the point. I don't mean to get ahead of myself. But the worship of any idol, watch this, the worship of anything other than God Almighty is the worship of demons. Pastor Terry, you better have some Bible for that. You know I do. Go with me over to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. I think I said Deuteronomy three times last week. I didn't intend to. It's kind of hard to speak Hebrew when you're from Satspahal. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse number 16 from the New Living Translation says this, they stirred up his jealousy, stirred up God's jealousy. How? By worshiping foreign gods, little g. They provoked his fury with detestable deeds. Verse 17, they offered sacrifices to demons, Ooh. which are not capital G God, to little g gods they had not known before, to new little g gods only recently arrived, to little g gods their ancestors had never feared. In other words, every time you turn around, they're creating another little g god. Grammatically, 
I'm trying not to bore you with details, but I trust you'll catch this as you go back and look at this passage from Deuteronomy. Grammatically, in the original Hebrew, the demons and the foreign gods are the same. Does that make sense? The demons and the foreign gods are the same. This passage clearly connects pagan worship with evil spirits. Beloved, if you don't understand anything else I say, I trust that you know and understand that there is a God. He has a son named Jesus. Jesus sent Holy Spirit back to fill us up. Holy Spirit. But there's another spirit alive and well on planet Earth today. It's the demonic forces. God dropped, kicked Satan through the goalpost of life, and he took a third of the angels with him. Those are the demons. They're for real. If you say, I don't believe in that. Listen, I don't care whether you believe in it or not. I'm here to tell you there are demons alive and well on planet Earth today. God help us. Pardon the passion. This passage clearly connects pagan worship with evil spirits. Now, if you want to spend some time on your own time, you can find this same parallelism over in Leviticus chapter 17. I'm not going there now, but listen to this. By idolatry, persons open themselves up to demonic spirits and often actually for real experience a manner of supernatural power. But that power is not that which comes from God Almighty through Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit. Fill us in with me. I'm already to number six. Beloved, those that worship little trinket gods are doing one of two things. Pardon me. I'm a COVID survivor but it's still trying to whoop me. But it's not going to win. I'm preaching the word of God this morning. Say amen right there. Here we go. Those that worship little trinket gods are doing one of two things. They are either purposefully on purpose or ignorantly pledging their allegiance to evil spirits who desire, those evil spirits, desire to usurp God's rightful place in their hearts. Do you understand that? See, it's very simple. Satan wants to be God. He doesn't want God to be here and him over here, and they are co That's not what he wants. He wants to be God. That's what got him kicked out of heaven. And all his little manimanimps, that's what they want to do. And they can't be God, so what they try to do is destroy you because God loves you. And if they can mess up something that God loves, they feel like, woohoo, we're getting old God. We're getting him good on this one. I believe I'm preaching better than your amen in this morning. Come on now. (laughs) Listen to me. Be assured, a little trinket is no more than a what-not to the spirit field. You know what a what-not is? My grandmother used to collect those salt and pepper shaker what-nots. You go on vacation, you can't enjoy vacation because you've got to find grandma some salt and pepper shakers that she don't have. Well, here's one that's shaped like a dolphin. She'll love that one. <laughs> or not. 
Those little trinkets are no more than a whatnot to the spirit filled. But Satan and his cohorts will use such things, such things to deceive those who are refusing to worship the true and living God. That's why I tell you it's so important, beloved, for you to choose to worship the true and living God. Because if you do not, it's just natural for the human being to want to worship something. And if you aren't worshiping him, you're going to turn your allegiance to something else that will probably, no doubt, 99.9% of the time have a demon attached to it. Man, that preacher done, done went Pentecostal on us this morning. Listen, I'm telling you the truth. Are you with me? By the way, I am Pentecostal. A Pentecostal Quaker. Hey, a Quaker Costal. (laughs) Acts chapter 2. Read it and believe it. Well, why does this matter to me, Pastor Terry? About these little trinkets and these demons and all these things. Why does this matter to me? You better tell me quick because I done checked out. Listen to me. Evil practices never go away. Evil practices never go away. They simply morph into ever-increasing God-less-ness. Never was this more true than with Baal worship. You see, the Greeks figured out how to do that, but they called it Zeus. You do your homework, you come back and correct me if I'm wrong. The Romans kind of got a hold of it, and they transformed it into this thing they called Jupiter. Do your homework, come back, we'll talk about that. It goes on and on and on. Listen, often the morphs are simply attempts to, to uh, mask the core truth. How many of you know if you have a perfectly good pig covered with mud and you take him out of the pen and you hose him down real good and put a tuxedo on him, you still got yourself a You're still a pig. What's a pig going to do with a tuxedo on? He's going to get your tuxedo dirty and you're going to have to pay a deposit on that sucker or lose your deposit. No matter how cute a religion, listen to me, this is a subliminal message. No matter how cute a religion may appear in its subsequent revisions. I I received a telephone call this week. I'm not going to tell you who it was because it really does not matter. But it's one of our local cults. And and now instead of knocking on your door, they call you on the phone and say, Hey, I got a scripture verse for you. I'm like, well, I hate a missed call because I have one for you too. It's about Jesus. How you doing in that compartment? But listen, I don't know how in the world I keep getting all, y'all are getting me off track this morning bad, so stop it. No matter how cute a religion may appear in its subsequent revisions, when its roots embrace some little G God other than the God, then it's evil. No matter how cute it may appear, if it's some other book than the book, and I'm talking about the Word of God, the Bible, then it's evil. 
and you can believe there are people that you know and love and some who are in attendance of New Life Community Church on occasion. They have been brought up not to believe this, but to believe that this is one book alongside many others, and those many others are just as important as this one. I do not believe that. I believe that this is the one, the Word of God. That's what we're going to be judged by. That's what we live by. That's how we can get to God. It's through His Word, not what some man thinks about His Word. Good night. How am I doing on time? Are y'all with? Can, uh, can you give me three more minutes? Or nine? We've got to fill in these study notes. Is Stephanie here this morning? Well, okay, because she would fuss if I didn't fill in the notes. <laughs> if you're at home, you better fill this in, gal. That's all I've got to say. Listen, I'm going to try to wrap. I'm going to try to land this seriously. These actions on behalf of Ahab and Jezebel prompted this great and terrible falling away among God's chosen people. Now, would you agree with me that we are witnessing this exact scenario unfolding before us? That is to say, there is a massive falling away of the United States of America from its biblical foundation. And there's this outright war being foisted against biblical morality and biblical faith. Our great falling away, what we're seeing right now... Beloved, if you're not seeing it, you've got your head so far in the sand, I'm telling you, there is a great falling away. And our great falling away is in fact a simple replay of that which has previously manifest from God's chosen people, the Israelites. I said that to say this, listen. Can we learn anything from their sins? Say, of course we can. Of course we can. One of the really neat things about this book of record is we can observe other people's goof-ups. We can say, Lord, I don't want to live that way. Lord, enable me to live obedient so that I can be a part of that, that family that's blessed and happy and stands to inherit eternal life, not those who are cursed and damned and miserable, not only in this present existence, but certainly in the world to come. Let me ask you this. We're going to pray here in just a moment. Close this service. Are you falling away? Only you know that. Those of you listening by live stream, are you falling away? It's is this important to you? Is the church important to you? Are you falling away or are you falling in? More in love with God, more in love with His Word, more in love in terms of your conversations, your prayer, uh, prayer time with the Lord. Again, His church body, His calling for you. 
Beloved, we're going to conclude right there. And perhaps you're asking the question, Pastor T, why does all of this matter to me? Why does it matter to me what happened way back when? And why does it matter to me what's going on in, in our world today? Simply this, sin doesn't just go away. It does continue to morph into more and more godlessness. Ahab and Jezebel set the people of God up for disaster. And there are many people who are our leaders today, not just politicians, but some folks who are leading religious organizations. They're setting America, they're setting you up for failure. Why should that matter to me? Well, why wouldn't that matter to me as a minister of the gospel? My concern for you is that you know and understand the Word of God, which brings to you and prescribes for you God's purpose and plan for your life. That's what I desire for you. Now let me ask you, are you falling in or falling out? Are you falling more into the Word, more in love with God, or are you falling out, falling away from the Word, never reading it, never hearing it taught, never hearing it preached, never allowing it to saturate your very soul? Only you know the answer to that. I want to be an encouragement to you to let this word saturate your soul and to change you from the inside out. Now, religion tries to change people from the outside in. It isn't worth a flip. But the word of God will change you from the inside out. And those changes, that transformation is eternal. It lasts for all eternity. That's my desire for you. That is my prayer for you. What if you are drifting away? What do you do? Pastor T, what do you do? You preachers are always talking about what we're doing wrong. You never tell us how to fix it. Well, here's how to fix it. If you're drifting away, if you're falling out, get your Bible. Find a Bible. By the way, if you don't have one and you'd like to have one, if you'll contact us, that uh, contact information there on the screen, we'll get you one. And I'm not kidding you. We'll be glad to get you one. Read that Bible, know that Bible, understand that Bible, and get into agreement with that Bible. That's how you fall in. It's just that simple. And perhaps you're thinking, it couldn't be that simple. You can't just read a book and fall in love with God. You're right, but this isn't just a book. I'm holding the Bible. It is the Word of God, and it will transform and change you from the inside out. Start reading it, believe it, Put it into practice and watch your life change again from the inside out. There's a subtle difference there, but it's a huge difference. Father, I pray for those that may be listening to the telecast by whatever means, and I pray that by your word you would challenge them, change them, help men and women and boys and girls to know and understand that you have a plan, a perfect plan for their life, which involves a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. As they pray... As they find you, as they seek you, I pray that you would show yourself to them. Lord, we'll be careful to thank you, praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our time is so short here. Again, if you have some questions, some concerns about what we've talked about on the telecast, some questions about the Bible in particular. Now, I'm not talking about arguing, but if you have some questions, I would love to hear from you. Again, the contact information is there on the screen. Give us a call. Uh, send us a text or an email, as the case might be, 
and we'll be glad to follow through with you. I am Terry Knight, and I'm the pastor of New Life Community Church here in Ridgeway, Virginia. I do want to remind you that we have a regular schedule of activities in person Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and Wednesday evening. We call that Family Ministries Night, 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family, and that could just be you. I've got to get out of here. My time is gone. I trust you're going to have a great week. Terry Knight, and reminding you, my friends, that Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?